Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAers. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions, uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming the weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about our HA, diving into how HA works, and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other. It's incredible. It's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other. It's so good. The HA Society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery, no matter what stage you're at. Whether you have HA or you've got a few recovery periods, we have your back and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join and the link is in the show notes for you okay on with the show hey and welcome to the hypothalamic amenorrhea podcast an adulting advice podcast production i'm danny sheriff and this is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly this podcast aims to educate inform and keep you motivated on your period and ha recovery track let's dive in The audio from this episode is actually from a video on my YouTube channel. The channel is called Danny Sheriff. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. It just comes with some visuals that help the story along. So if you'd rather watch versus listen, you can head there and watch my HA story. Otherwise, it works perfectly just as audio. So before we dive into the show, I would love it if you left a rating and review and subscribed to this podcast. This helps other women who are looking for information and support around HA to find the podcast easily when they start Googling and typing in hypothalamic menorrhea into iTunes and the Spotify search bar kind of thing. Lastly, please remember that I am not a doctor nor giving you any medical advice. These are just my experiences with HA and I just hope that they help you feel pumped up about recovery. So let's get into it. 
The day has come where I share my hypothalamic anemorrhea story. It's important for me to do this because a lot of girls actually ask me, uh, ask me questions about my story, my recovery, what happened, or they just tell me about their story. And I can tell that the reason they're doing that is because they're looking for validation that they're not alone and that there are other stories similar to theirs. So first of all, to explain hypothalamic anemorrhea or HA is where you don't have a period. You're missing your period. And it's different to primary HA, which is where you have never had one. Common in very young athletes and um, girls who are just not developing at the, the normal rate. HA happens in women who have already reached full maturity. They've had periods before they've gone through puberty and then it goes away. The reason I think sharing my story is really important and the reason I'm going to go into my background about it is because there are a few women out there sharing their story and there are bits that you can relate to from different stories, but not everyone is represented in those stories. And I think what we really want is to see ourselves in other women's stories in order to feel like this is, you know, I don't know. We just want to relate. So my experience with other women's stories is they had a history of eating disorder, they're high, high level athlete, you know, were always super, super underweight and they looked a certain way. They were really, really lean. And they also were typically endurance obsessed, right? Marathon runs or, you know, a lot of walking, a lot of time at the gym, on the elliptical, on the treadmill. That is a very, very common story. But then when they would get past the part of their background and they would talk about their diagnosis, you know, then I was able to really relate and I was able to say like, yeah, that's me or or the mindsets that they were in. But aside from that, I was just really confused. Why do these girls have the same diagnosis as me? You know, I've had the blood work by this point. I'm pretty confident. There's enough of our stories that are the same that I know this is this is what I have. Why are our diagnosis is the same, but our backgrounds are so different, but all of their stories are the same. So I think it's really common to be orthorexic or eating disorder tendencies. I think it's really common to be very, very lean when this happens to you, but it's also, you know, pretty common to have my background, but there's not a lot of people sharing that story. So if you see yourself in this story, I would love to know that I'm not alone. Please let me know in the comments. So I grew up a very normal life, great family, great friends, lived in the burbs in a first world country. You know, everything was good for me. I got my first period when I was like 13 or 14 in my very first year of high school. So things were progressing normally, perfectly normally. And like many other women, I grew up thinking I could get pregnant any day of the week. I was on birth control a long, long time ago. I got off birth control like the age of 18. I grew up thinking I could get pregnant any day. And that's just to show you how little I really understood about women's health and period health. I played some sport like once or twice a week, like at school or on a weekend team, but that was really it. I was actually a lot more of a sedentary kid. Um, I loved cartoons. I loved building websites. I loved drawing. Uh, I I lived a similar life to the one that I live today. Then when I finished high school, I went to business college And I learned how to be really great at that. Really great in a business setting. I love business. So there I am going from less and less active up until the age of, say, 
16, 17. And then I got my first job and I really stopped doing any kind of, any kind of exercise. So then around 18 or so, I started to notice my body change. When you're 18, you're just not 17 anymore. And there's quite a distinction. I gained a bit of weight. And so I decided to go to the gym. And I want to preface here and say, looking back, I had gained some weight, but like, I wish I'd just become more womanly, more curvaceous, perfectly normal amount of weight to gain. And, you know, I was a little more curvaceous than my friends. And I think the comparison trap set in. And I just remember, you know, I was trying on clothes in a department store and they have like those terrible lights with all like the 360 mirrors. And it was just the worst. I remember it. So it was so traumatizing for me. I really had an idea in my head of what beautiful looked like and it it wasn't it unfortunately and so then I began you know going to the gym a whole whole lot started off at like anytime fitness and then you know quickly found out about like crossfit and you know five day a week six day a week crossfitter and from there I quickly found weightlifting so I the crossfit phase didn't last all of that long before I really got into weightlifting and strength and conditioning well strength, not conditioning. I loved the idea of getting stronger. I was terrible, but I loved it. So here's where one of the big differences that I found in my story versus a lot of other women's, my period health didn't decline with excessive endurance training. It was when I had started weightlifting that things changed and I noticed my period disappear. So this just seems a lot less common. You know, anytime I would speak to a professional, which we'll get to, they really were like, oh, this is more common in endurance athletes. It's very strange that you don't have a period. It will come back soon. It's fine. Like it was very much shrugged off. And I think that was because, yeah, I didn't fit the mold in terms of my activity. So if you were not an endurance athlete, but you were doing more of just something else, I would be really curious to know. So at the beginning of weightlifting, I don't really know if I lost my period then or if I lost it right here, which is enter dieting. With the weightlifting and stuff, my body wasn't really changing. You know, I have significantly changed my body composition over a like 10 year period, (laughs) but it's not overnight for me at all. You know, in the early days, I really wanted to rush the process. So I started dieting. For a long time, at first, I really focused on food sources. It wasn't until I started kind of counting calories and macros that I really think is that's when I lost my period. I went very low fat very quickly. Um, I'm not going to say the numbers, but I promise you that that it was was low. It was really low. (laughs) I think it messed me up, and I think my body is still angry at me for that today. So somewhere around there, I lost my period. In fact, I was quite pleased with myself that it was gone. I think I thought that not menstruating because I was probably so active was really cool. I have no idea why I thought that. I think it was a lack of deep thought about it. But if anyone has any idea why I thought that was cool, I would love to get some insight into what my brain was thinking because I can't can't put myself back there. I don't know what I was thinking. So I'm working out a lot and now I'm dieting and then I start a business. I had worked in some amazing corporate jobs, but I just got the itch to try something new. I fell so much in love with the cafe culture of Sydney and I I opened my own shop eventually pretty quickly, but it was amazing. So now I was working six days a week. I was training five, probably six days a week and I was dieting. 
So somehow, for some reason, I decided to go to the doctor. I think I was going to see him for something else. You know, I've always known when you're at the doctor, ask as many questions as you can that you have because you only see them so often. So I went in with a list and I added, why don't I have my period back onto the agenda? And he asked me some questions about my life. And I just told him what I just told you. And he asked me when the last time I had a vacation or holiday was. And I don't, I don't think I knew the answer necessarily, maybe a few years. So it was funny. We spent most of that doctor session talking about how I could logistically have a vacation. Like, do I have anyone that works at a cafe that could run it for two weeks? And then he prescribed it to me. Like, I think he wrote it on prescription paper. And then my doctor gave me a hug, then left. He didn't actually explain to me what was going on. You know, I took a vacation and it was amazing. It was two weeks. I actually met my now husband on that vacation, but it wasn't really long enough for me to, you know, really like relax and recover. And also I was worrying about my business back home. Like I wasn't really that relaxed on that vacation, to be honest with you. But fast forward, I met an American guy. So now I needed to close my business down and I moved to America. So before I could move, you know, we were doing the visa process. So you can't just like come the next day. I did an extended stay visit over Christmas. And then I did, I believe, get my period back at that point. That was when something clicked in my head. I I had connected my first dot that chilling out equals, well, chilling out and eating a lot of Christmas food equals period. Interesting. That's what that doctor was saying. But after that vacation, I had to go home and go back to weightlifting and go back to work. Like I hadn't like connected the dot that it just like blew my mind and I changed my life. No, I went back to my old life. And I didn't get a period again. And I think the number one thing really was that I didn't understand why I needed to have a period. And so therefore, why would I care? It was just interesting. Oh, I know how to get it back. I knew I needed one to get pregnant. Um, and that was a big reason why I wasn't on birth control. Because I knew like, oh, I don't have a period. I don't need to be on birth control. So I wasn't on it for a long time because for a long time, I just didn't have a period. No one talks about why you need to have one. It's stupid. So when I finally moved to the States and I was still training a lot, but I wasn't allowed to work. I was not legally allowed to have a job in America. I didn't have a social security number, anything like that. So I was just living this amazing life where I, I did train more because I had more free time, but that was it. Otherwise I was like a brooding author. Yeah, it was amazing. So out of nowhere, there I am living my life as a tormented author in a coffee shop on the coast of California, literally looking at a beach view. And they hung up on me. Right, so there I am, looking at a beach view. And I get so sick. I have like never felt so suddenly sick. I was like, I'm gonna have to call Jake to come and get me. I can't move right now. And then the pain went away and then I felt it happen. I'd just gotten my period. And then I connected another dot in that moment. Oh shit. Chilling out equals period. I think, no, I was eating a croissant, looking out over the ocean, drinking a latte, writing about some stuff. Amazing. Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything 
into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating of course with this system so lots of information lots of case studies lots of stats we go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Okay, so enter my OBGYN. I was overdue for my annual. I'd never been to this guy before because I'd just moved to the States. And I told him while I was there, oh, I don't get my period. And he was like, oh, it's very, very important you do. There's a lot of health consequences to it. This was the first time I ever heard that there were health consequences to my to not having a period. It was when I told my OBGYN that I do not have one. He prescribed to me some progesterone pills. They're pills that help you trigger get a trigger you to get a period. It's not necessarily fixing the problem, though for some people who are like teetering on the edge of like, I only just have HA, like I could get it back really easily. It can kind of help kickstart things for people. But for someone like me who hadn't had it for a long time, I eventually learned that that wasn't going to be enough. I was like deep into HA. However, I didn't take those pills because I just believed in holistic approaches. And I, I know there's a healthful way to do this. I know I've been connecting these little dots, but that made me start researching osteoporosis. It's linked to brain health. It's linked to all kinds of things. The thing that ended up really confusing me and the reason my research took so much longer than it really, really should have was because of the amount of denial I was in. I knew I had this. I knew I didn't have PCOS or I, I hadn't been pregnant for four years and I didn't have a brain tumor because that's like something three three doctors had taught, had been like, oh, there's the potential you have a brain tumor on your pituitary gland and it's probably benign, but it stops sending a signal from your brain to your uterus. It wasn't that. 
I think I got an MRI. I think I did. It wasn't that. It's never going to be that for like one person. It's going to be that was you. Please tell me in the comments that if you had a benign tumor that was stopping this from happening, please. So the thing that really confused me was that I was never really lean. I mean, actually, I had eating disorder tendencies by this point. I've been tracking my macros. I was eating super low fat, restricting binging, restricting binging, things that I hadn't done earlier in my life. But I never got really, really lean. And my theory to that is because of the binge and restrict that I was never in a consistent calorie deficit to get really lean. But I was in enough of one frequently enough that my body was like, this is not safe but I'm glad you're getting the calories. We're going to store those on your body. We're going to keep you fed and protected, but this is happening so frequently that we're going to shut down the baby making situation and your libido and everything that goes with it, which makes a lot of sense. So that's the part that I really wanted to share with women is that you do not have to be teeny, teeny, tiny at all to lose your period. You just have to piss your body off enough. When you don't look like someone who you know, should have this condition and doctors are saying, oh, well, you're a healthy body weight. And if you just stop working out a little, you'll get your period back. And like when everyone just kind of gaslights you and thinks this isn't a big deal for you, it's really hard to think that you deserve to recover. I didn't think I deserved that. I had experienced firsthand that chilling out and eating food would restore my health, but I didn't think that I deserved it. I didn't think that I should be treating myself with nourishment and rest because I wasn't skinny. I wasn't thin enough for people to worry about me. And I really felt like if I told my friends, hey, I'm doing this thing. I would love your support. I'm going to be eating more and resting more for my health, that they would look at me in a body that at least in my head was like bigger than theirs and that they would be like, "Mm mm-hmm. What an amazing excuse to like eat food and be lazy. Like that was the story that was going on in my head. So naturally I wasn't ready to make big changes in my life. I wasn't ready when I had started learning more and more about the recovery process for this or like why this was happening to me. I wasn't ready to change my exercise habits or my eating habits. I was ready to do like the other things like eat some multivitamins and drink bone broth and try and sleep and take more naps That didn't do anything for me. And while I was busy starting to do things that didn't work, I started full-time job again. So I made it worse again. After many, many months of learning, I was now way better educated. I knew a lot more at that point. I knew I needed my period for a bunch of reasons um, and I knew it was time to get it back. But it was a really long process. Like I still had this internal belief and I would swing back and forth like 50 times a day. I need to do this. Eat the breakfast. Oh my God, I'm so scared of this weight gain. And what if this isn't what I need to do and I'm doing the wrong protocol? Run back the other way. It was the worst. But I battled through this internal belief that I didn't deserve to recover with the support of my husband, some clutch podcasts, and, you know, my friends. It was important for me to be really vocal and public about what I was doing so that everyone could get on board as well. Eventually, I settled on my own customized version of all in, which is a very popular process in the HA world 
where you eat all the food and you do no exercise. Like if you want to get pregnant, like now you will go on the couch and you'll eat all the food and you will not move. That wasn't me. So I was happy to take a longer approach. So I went from weightlifting way, way less, walking a lot, doing yoga, trying to get in like accidental exercise by um, doing chores around the house. I mean, I was walking miles a day. I was doing like two yoga sessions a day. It was still trying to create the ritual of productivity and extreme fitness. And it was like, it was me trying to make recovery like productive. There are people who will understand this. Eventually I did dial it down. Walking four miles a day is like, is not, is beside the point. And I'm not going to do fucking yoga anymore, (sighs) but it's baby steps. It's so hard to go cold turkey. And I think that's one of the biggest struggles with AJ is because you're telling women who are so driven, so perfectionistic, so athletic that they have to stop and do the opposite. They have, they may not live their life how they want to anymore. If period health, if, if women's health is important to you and you want them to go cold turkey, no, it's not going to happen. It's going to happen in baby steps. So if switching intense weightlifting to intense walking, you're beginning the process of dialing it down. And I think that that's basically what I did. So there I was doing everything I can to recover while battling with this whole question of am I worthy or not? But I did push through that. I did have the constant dialogue with myself and with others that this is the right path for me. This is going to work. This is okay. I'm going to be okay. And yes, taking that time to, to reduce exercise. And when I I finally stopped all of the, the quasi recovery behavior, that's when my art, my artwork Instagram started. I used artwork, drawing pictures of normal looking women, sending writing messages and creating posters of the messages that I needed to hear to help me through this time. That's what I started to do because I had all this time back now. And it was something that that helped me when I was having hard days with my body image, with questioning if I deserve to recover, blah, 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 blah. I would just draw a picture of someone who inspired me and or of the message I needed to hear that day. This really helped me because it actually allowed me to meet and connect with a bunch of other girls that also had this. And this is where I started to realize I am not the only one. I'm one of many. It like... Uh, like one out of eight chicks that follow me has this going on. So that's how it felt. So it was really, really helpful. And that's kind of why I'm here today with you. I have time now to like have a YouTube channel and create content and do things that I actually do enjoy. I actually do enjoy doing this more than exercising. Um, when it was, when that was taken away from me, you know, it is still hard today. I do still have those thoughts that I want to go back into the gym and like train all the time. But really, I am happier creating. That's more suited to me. So anyways, did all the work, have the art Instagram, being more creative, living a more social life, all that good stuff. I got my period back. It happened for me um, by doing doing the thing, the the all-in thing. But I did only get two periods because then I relapsed. (laughs) The truth is I thought after two periods, I thought I was fixed. I was healed. And now I could start to work more exercise back in, you know, because I was uncomfortable in my body. None of my clothes fit. And 
I just wanted, I wanted to go back in that direction. I wasn't mentally healed. I quickly started cutting my calories again as well. Like, and I knew as I was doing it, I knew it was like, you're not going to get your next period. It's going to go away again. And it did. It didn't come back. My little brain, it, it didn't trust me. It still doesn't trust me. You know, I'd come a long way from, from where I was before recovery, but exercise and dieting at that point was hardwired into me. I couldn't undo quickly what I felt like the world wanted from me, which was to be little and fit or something. I thought, okay, if you can just like keep eating more and you exercise a whole bunch, but like if you cut your calories, but you keep it super, super nutrient dense foods and you don't eat much junk, like your body's going to like that and you're going to keep your period. And it just didn't work that way. It was gone. It was gone again. (sighs) That's when I realized like doing it alone isn't going to work for me anymore. I just, I need someone else to keep me accountable. So I hired someone. I enlisted the help of a nutritional therapy practitioner and I paid her money. So I had skin in the game. She created a protocol for me, which was super simple. It was like a few extra supplements. Um, It was not drinking coffee before I eat breakfast. It was making sure I do eat three times a day, like no trying to skip a meal. We did that, but also I think she gave me the validation. She was the first professional I'd spoken to who said, yes, this is what you have. And yes, the protocol is to continue to rest and continue to eat food. And I just, I don't think I've ever had that straightforward validation. So I'm giving it to you right now. If this is you, you get to do this. You get, you get to rest. You get to eat. You get to have your health back. You deserve it. It's not just for some people and not you. It's for you. So I had that validation. So I did the work. I got my period back again. We've been working with her pretty damn quick. Oh, it's getting hot. So I'm now recovered. I've had a bunch of periods in a row, but I still miss them really easily. Like really easily. Like as we speak right now, I'm, I I think I missed my last one. I started training harder and it's super, super hot outside. I don't think I was eating enough. Just like you know, I'm super sensitive even still, but I know how to get back. I know what I did wrong. I've learned so much. Emotionally, it really sucks feeling like I'm just so delicate. Like I have to conform to a certain way of living for optimal health. Feels unfair. But like I said before, I I do prefer this way of life. I just had to give it a chance. And sometimes, you know, it's hard because I really did want to be an athlete at a period of time in my life. And I've had to sacrifice that. And that was a choice I made. And it's a choice most girls going through HA have to make. They have to make the decision to stop training like an athlete. It's a choice. You don't have to do it. It's You're choosing between your health and fertility or your athletic goals. And it's okay whichever one you choose, but make sure you choose the one that you truly want and understand either way you're sacrificing. That's it. I'm sure I'll post an update video and more stuff about HA now that I'm so very well-versed in it. And thank you for listening. And I hope that this story has helped some people. And I hope that you can see yourself in this story if this is something that you need. And otherwise, I'll see you in the next video. Please subscribe, all the things. Thank you very much.